Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras, episode number 179. So I want to tell you a story about back in the day in the mid-2000s when I was putting a lot of time and energy into trying to break four hours for a road marathon finish. People in my life friends, family, business acquaintances, they kept asking me if I was going to run the Boston Marathon when they found out that I was a runner. And of course, largely that was because I was living in Boston at the time. And when you live in Boston, that's like the only thing that people ever ask you about when they find out you're a runner. Oh, are you going to run Boston? Are you going to, are you training for Boston? What, what, What are you training for? Boston? It's like... Oof, there's a lot of pressure there. And I don't know if you've looked up the qualifying times for the Boston Marathon recently or ever, but they are fast, you guys. They are so fast. And one thing was very clear to me at that time, and that was I was not fast. I was just not fast. And so I put a lot of time and energy into trying to crack the code and figure out how to break the next biggest goal before getting to the Boston Marathon. And that was to break a four hour marathon because I hadn't done that yet. Um, And I felt like if I could do that, then the jump to qualifying to Boston wouldn't be so big of a stretch. So it was tough. (laughs) Still a ways off, but I felt like if I could do four hours, then it would get closer. Now, keep in mind, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing back then when I came to training. I was the literal definition of winging it, which is why I'm so hard on you guys right now about winging it these days. And on my weekday runs, I would just go out and try to run progressively faster each time. Makes a lot of sense, right? And then on the weekends, I would do a longer, slower run, more of like what we would call a zone two effort. Only back then we called it LSD, long, slow distance. So because I really had no plan in any of this, I just, you know, got up and ran and did what I could. Um, I didn't taper as I should have. And as a result, I showed up on race day feeling less than stellar because I didn't know better because I thought that feeling shitty was just standard operating procedure for runners. And so on race day, off I'd go moderately fast enough so as not to flame out within the first five miles. But religiously, come the last six, I would just sort of fizzle out. I didn't necessarily hit the wall at the 20 mile mark and feel like I just couldn't go anymore. It was like just sort of a slow fizzle. And I was always falling short of breaking four hours. I think the closest that I ever came was four hours and five minutes. And I repeated this cycle for at least three years, three years of almost doing it. Three years where I tried to do all the things in order to hit my goals and three years where it still just wasn't enough. So if this sounds familiar to you, if you've had a year of almost in the past, or maybe you're going through your first or maybe another year of almost hitting your goals right now, this one is for you. And I'm recording this because I want you to know that you don't have to continuously be destined to repeat another year of almost again and again and again. 
And I know that athletes have sometimes become resigned to this as if they don't really have a choice because that's how I felt back then. I felt like I'm doing all these things. It seems like I'm doing all of the right stuff, but I don't understand why I'm not able to hit my goals. So I want to share with you is that you do have a choice. You don't have to fall victim to another year of almost. And to help you break free of this, I want to share the shift that I made and three things that you can do right now that will help to set you up for a year of crushing it in 2024. All right. So the number one thing that helped me break free was being introduced to the concept of ultras. I've talked a little bit about this before, but before this point, before I found that runner's world article that talked about ultras, I had no idea a that people ran longer than 26.2 miles or that they did it on trails. So that was mind blowing for me. And learning this sort of cracked my brain open to the possibilities that there were other things that I could do instead of beating my head against the wall to trying to figure out how to break four hours and to prove to the world that I could qualify for Boston, even though deep down, you guys, I literally had zero interest or desire to do so. It was just being pushed on me so hard that I was like, well, I lack another viable goal. So I might as well just do this, like get people off my back. So learning about ultras caused me to rethink my whole training strategy, because when I sat down and honestly evaluated what I'd been doing, like objectively, like I took myself out of the process. I like removed myself from the game, so to speak, and could like observe from the sidelines versus being in the thick of it. It was a thousand percent clear that what I was doing wasn't working. And I'll be honest, that was like a really tough pill to swallow because back then I didn't handle failure or rejection or just being wrong in general very well. I took it as a personal affront and I thought that the whole world would know (laughs) that I was such an idiot and that it was so embarrassing for me, like to know that I had been doing something wrong this whole time. And like, nobody said anything to me was just like, it was more than I could handle at the time. And so I was able to see this, but you know, the, the other, the flip side of this is no one was even paying attention to me or even cared what the hell I was doing. All of this pressure was really made up in my head. So I had nobody to, to really blame, but myself. And so that was really problematic for me. <laughs> like when you realize that you're doing this shit to yourself, it's sort of like, oh man, like why, why, why am I doing this? So in the process of morphing from a road runner to a trail runner, like I said, I had to assess what aspects of my training were working and which ones weren't. And if I'm being honest, totally honest, not many of those aspects were working at all. And that was the point when back then my sciatic pain was a constant struggle for me. And as I mentioned before, I just thought that this was par for the course. Like I knew, like I knew logically that, you know, pain didn't have to be there, but I just thought, oh, I'm a runner now. Like this is par for the course. But in reality, nothing could be further from the truth. Pushing through and training through that pain was actually doing way more harm than good But I didn't know that at the time. It was like, you know, you don't know what you don't know. 
And so that was one of the first things that I let go of and vowed to do less of pushing through pain. So I vowed to get to the bottom of that pain, no pun intended, and um, get rid of it so that I could do more trail running because by now I had done a few and I had figured out that like this was actually fun and I was lacking fun (laughs) in my training and in my life at this point, which side note is why I harp so hard on you guys and those of you guys that are in the She Runs Ultras membership and have done Run Your First 50K with me, like you know how much I harp on having fun because if you're not having fun, it's going to be really hard to show up consistently and do your training. So just a small tangent side note there. So doing less pushing through pain meant that I actually had to sit with that pain and like when it was happening. And I'm going to be perfectly honest, it, that was rough. Like I had to face it and try to figure out a solution to it. And that's when I started to incorporate more yoga and more functional range conditioning, which is basically just more joint strengthening. And so slowly, you guys, like very, very slowly, that stuff that used to hurt the joint, the tissues, the, the structures, they stopped hurting. It was a slow, long sometimes painful process, but like eventually I began to see that the way that I had been doing my training was actually causing my repeated years of almost hitting my goals and keeping me from achieving my current or new goals. And that was a tough pill to swallow too, you guys. So part of this whole process is just, like I said before, removing yourself, like looking objectively from the sidelines at what you're doing to see, is this really the best route? Like just because you're doing it now doesn't mean that you have to continue to do it. You can stop at any time and swap it out for something that's actually going to work better. So fast forward to the present, uh, I never did break four hours on that road marathon because I shifted my focus to running on trails. And you could look at, at, look at it like I abandoned that goal because I didn't meet it, but I actually found something that was more meaningful to me. Like I said, that whole like breaking four hours and trying to qualify for Boston, that had no that had no drive for me. That had no like interest to me at all. I was basically doing it because somebody else said so. Somebody else said, oh, this is important. And so of course I had no, no motivation. I had like, there was no drive behind me. There was nothing motivating me internally or externally to get it done. So I was half-assing it. So currently, It's near the end of August, 2023, if you're listening in real time. So that means there are four months left, September, October, November, and December. So if you fell short of your goals this year, okay, that's assuming like you've already run your races, maybe you did really well and you hit all your goals. Even if you did, you can still make use of these next three tips that I'm going to give you. But if you fell short of your goals this year, this is your opportunity to review your training like from the sidelines and see where the opportunities lie for you in 2024. And I want to leave you or give you today three things that you can do right now that will set you up for success in 2024. All right. So the first thing is making the daily shakedown a priority. 
I will, you will never convince me otherwise that moving your body through its greatest pain-free range of motion every day is uh, not a worthy pursuit. Like this is nothing to scoff at. Like this should be your priority. And I know there are many of you listening that still haven't tried this. Okay. And this is especially important if you are an athlete over 40. And I don't say that because I somehow subscribe to the theory that everything is downhill after 40, but I am a subscriber to the theory that if you don't use it, you lose it because that is real. That is fact-based, that is backed up by science. If you do not take your body through its greatest pain-free range of motion as often as possible, like on the daily, you are teaching your brain, you're teaching your body, your central nervous system that you no longer need those ranges of motion. And so that's why you are waking up with aches and pains and stiffness and soreness day after day after day. Like, please do not ignore this piece of advice. Like do your shakedown daily. If you don't know where to start, you can scroll back in this podcast feed to episode 176 and follow along as I narrate you through a shakedown. And I made that one specifically for you guys so that you could take me with you (laughs) to the trails and do that shakedown right before you head out for your run. You don't need any special equipment and you don't have to get down on the ground. I did that specifically so that you would have no excuses not to do that shakedown. Now, if you're someone who like sort of processes things more visually and you want to follow along with the video version, I'll link that in the show notes, or you can just go to my website and click daily shakedown at the top of the page. So just go to megan-gould.com and up in the upper header, you'll see daily shakedown. The second thing that you can do is to start walking more. Time on your feet is more important and it is really overlooked. Um, it's It's an important skill in ultra running. So you could be training right now at a really low effort, low impact level just by getting more steps in. And the return on investment for this is really high. So if you wear a device that tracks your steps, if you have a look at the last maybe like two to three weeks of what you've been averaging, and then you take that and use that average as your new daily step count, like the thing that you must hit every single day, no excuses, that's a good place to start. And then when you get consistent at that and you meet or exceed that step count, every two to four weeks, add something to it. Maybe it's a thousand steps a week you add, maybe it's 2000 steps a day per the week. Just start adding to it. Back in episode 105, I talk about speed walking is my superpower. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, scroll back and queue it up because that is a crucial skill that you need to have. Because if you're training for your first 50k or even your farthest race to date, The best way to start bridging the gap is with more time on your feet and walking is the best way to kickstart you to getting there. Okay, and then last but not least, the third thing that you can do to avoid another year of almost is to let go of the past and set your sights on the future. One of the worst habits, and I mean the worst habits that I had, was constantly revisiting my quote-unquote so-called failures, reminding myself of how I fell short and 
who did I think I was for trying again to hit this goal when I so very clearly wasn't cut out for it? This is definitely not going to help. And I don't, but yet it was like oddly satisfying to me at that point to like keep reliving those shitty thoughts. I don't know what it is about it. I think it's basically because we just get so comfortable in that groove that we're like, yeah, this is, this is definitely how I should talk to myself. But I can honestly say it wasn't helping me one bit because every time I did it, I was right back where I started feeling shitty about myself and questioning my ability. So I can honestly say that I don't do that much anymore. Like every once in a while, those same patterns, those same thought patterns will creep in, but I don't give them more than a few seconds worth of airtime because I know from experience that that path is not going to take me where I want to go. And this third thing, letting go of the past and being committed to your future goals is tricky because these thoughts seem like they are so obviously true to you and to everybody else. I sort of alluded to this back in the beginning, like I just thought that everybody knew that I was a slow runner and that like I wasn't good, but that's not how people saw me. And if you want people to see you differently, then you have to think differently about yourself. So I want you to challenge yourself and challenge your thoughts about yourself, okay? So if you're constantly telling yourself that you're not fast enough, mm -hmm, there are so many of you that are doing that, or that you don't know what you're doing, that was something I used to tell myself, or that you'll never be as good as or as fast as this person you know, some professional runner, some guy that you see on your route, this girl that always beats you at local races, whatever it is, or that you couldn't do it last time around. So what makes you think you can do it this time around? Stop and question these things. Honestly, as I'm talking about this right now, I'm getting a little worked up about it because nothing gets under my skin more than when I talk to women that fight so hard to keep these limiting beliefs. And it makes me mad because I used to do it. And I just know how much it hurt me and it, how much it didn't help me. So please, 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 if you hear nothing else, just start to audit the way that you talk to yourself about your training, about your running, about your goals, honestly, about everything. <laughs> because no one else is going to fight harder for you than yourself. And if it's like, if you're doing battle with yourself in your brain all day, every day, and you keep telling yourself you're not fast, if you keep telling yourself you're not worth it, if you keep telling yourself this is bullshit or whatever, then why would you expect any other outcome? Like, you know, do yourself a solid and talk to yourself as if you were your best friend and she needed some encouragement. Okay. Don't, don't, don't talk to yourself. Like you have been talking to yourself, unless of course your self-talk is amazing and then keep on keeping on. All right. So just keep remembering here that the story that you tell yourself is like three quarters of the battle when it comes to ultra training and getting to your first ultra or your farthest one. And so if you are capable of just changing that story by a couple percentage points, then you'll change the outcome, the results tenfold. I think I have um, told this story, this analogy before, but in the book, uh, Compound, uh, what is it called? 
Mm, it's right here on my bookshelf. Oh yeah, The Compound Effect. <laughs> in the book, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. I don't know why I forgot that title. I've read it like a thousand times. He tells this story about a plane that leaves Los Angeles on a specific heading. I know this isn't going to be correct, but let's just say the heading is zero, zero. And his ultimate destination of this plane is to get to Boston. Well, if he changes the trajectory of that plane by just a few degrees, instead of ending up in Boston, he could end up in northern Canada, or he could end up down in like Florida. So just changing things by one degree is very, very important. So you could change the way that you're talking to yourself ever so slightly and be getting big time different results. All right. I hope that was helpful for you guys. Don't let the rest of 2023 and or 2024 pass or be another year of almost. Start with these three things and watch yourself and your training transform. Well, I hope that was helpful for you guys. My goal is to help you avoid another year of almost hitting your goals. I want the rest of 2023 and the whole entire year of 2024 to be your year where you hit your goals, whether that's your first or your farthest ultra. I've got a bunch of free resources that I want to just remind you guys about because these are the way that you can sort of jumpstart the process. The first is the daily shakedown. We talked about that in the podcast episode. You can either get it below in the show notes. You can scroll back a few episodes and listen to the audio version that I just created. Or you can go to my website, megan-gould.com. And up in the top, you'll find the link for the Daily Shakedown. The second resource that you guys should definitely make use of is my free Facebook group. It's called Run Your First 50K. So just head on over to Facebook. This group is exclusively for ladies. Just want to throw that out there. So if you want to be around more kick-ass women who are running ultras of all distances, this is the place to be. Just search Run Your First 50K in Facebook under groups. You'll see the little button to request to join and just do us a huge favor and answer those questions that pop up because they help us help you you with whatever you're facing. So if we don't know what you're up to, if we don't know how we can help you, you're not going to get the most out of the group. So we create posts and live streams and things like that, specifically geared to the people that are in that group. So help us help you. And if you're interested in getting help on a little bit of a deeper level, this next thing is not free, but it is super helpful. It's my private membership community called She Runs Ultras. And doors are going to open in late September, early October for a limited number of spots. And this is where I sort of go deep into the weeds with you guys on all things ultra running. So if you're getting ready to run your first or your farthest ultra in 2024, and you want some resources, you want a training plan, you want coaching, you want to know about nutrition and gear and strategy and pacing and all of the fun stuff, this is where you're going to want to go. So if you head over to sherunsultras.com, you'll be able to click the button to get on the wait list to be notified when the doors go open or when signups are live. And I'm only going to be taking a couple more people in this next round as we start to incorporate more people into the group. It is honestly my favorite place to hang out. The women in there are amazing and they're all working through their own specific challenges when it comes to training for ultras. We've got women in there that are doing first 50k, farthest race, people who are contemplating 200 milers. And it's just a really 
amazing space to hang out and hear the questions and hear what everyone's struggling with. And it's fun to get to work as a group to help solve some problems and learn some new stuff. Plus, I bring in a bunch of experts to conduct master classes on their specific area of expertise. And there's always a weekly movement class. So whether that's a daily shakedown, whether that's a kin stretch class, we're doing some yoga stuff in there. There's lots of stuff to take advantage of. That's all for this episode, you guys. Enjoy this beat, and I'll see you all soon. 